Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. So today is one of the rare days where I'm actually recording and releasing on the same day. Sadly, because of work, I did not get a chance to record in advance, so this will be an interesting one. Also, this is the day after the world shut down. Hopefully, any of my listeners out there, hopefully nobody actually contracted the coronavirus or anything like that. Um, But yeah, it appears that the world is shut down at the moment. I actually, on today, Friday the 13th, I was scheduled to go to see the 35th anniversary of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, with Paul Rubens actually being there and doing a Q&A session. However, that has been canceled. And who knows if it'll be rescheduled. They said that it will be, but who knows? The world is in chaos at the moment, and it led me to wonder what should I do for this episode. Should I go and make a episode about the coronavirus itself and my thoughts on the whole thing? Should I make an episode based off of a movie about a pandemic and whatnot? Or should I just go with my original intention for this week's episode? And considering I think a lot of that stuff may may be in poor taste to actually do, I'm going to go ahead with my original plan for this week's episode. So hopefully everybody out there is safe. And if you're not, hopefully you're staying away from everybody else and you seek a quick recovery. But with that being said, let's get into this week's episode. This one here was one that I watched last Saturday. I dragged myself to the theater to see it and, well, it was actually pretty good. This is 2020's Lee Wannell's reboot of The Invisible Man. So The Invisible Man, I know a lot of you guys out there are wondering, does this have any ties to the dark universe? Does Universal's dark universe live? No, I don't think it does. If it does, uh, and this figures into that in some way, I think it's probably going to be a very different dark universe, uh, what they were thinking of. But thankfully, that has no relation to the Mummy reboot, which I heard was absolutely awful. But this here with The Invisible Man, it does some very smart updates to the original story. I'm not a big fan of the original Universal Horror Invisible Man. However, this one here, I think it did a smart way to actually update the whole thing. There's a lot of good about the movie, there's some bad, and I think we should start with the good as opposed to starting with the bad. Isn't that the best way to do things? The good about this one here is the fact that the smart update that I was talking about is the fact that it's not a guy that actually features a physical change. Instead, it winds up being more or less like a suit type of idea. Yes, that's mild spoilers here, but it kind of comes with the territory of talking about the movie. I really like the idea that these were cameras that essentially would reflect light, which would make him essentially invisible. You couldn't exactly see through him, I I would imagine, but you couldn't see that he was there either because it was creating a perfect mirror image. Of course, for the sake of the movie and he's invisible, he actually does appear to be invisible. There's some really good twists here, too. 
I think you would kind of see it coming. However, with director Lee Wannell's background in writing the first three Saw films, you had to know that there would be some sort of twist in some way. He also wrote the very underrated James Wan-directed Dead Silence, and Dead Silence, if you've never seen it, is actually a really fun Tales from the Crypt feeling type of movie. It definitely has a Tales from the Crypt vibe, so if you've never seen that one, I recommend checking it out. But let's get back to The Invisible Man. Lee Wannell included some nice twists throughout the entire thing that I wasn't expecting initially when I was going into it. I didn't think it would be that type of movie. However, the twists and turns that the story takes, I think it's executed very well. I'm not going to say anything about those, but there is one surprise kill in the movie that you're not going to see coming, and it made the theater jump. It didn't exactly make me jump, but I was surprised that this happened. It was very well done, and it's a great shock moment, and you'll definitely know it when you see it. I think one of the best things about this, too, is the fact that Lee Wannell went and updated the original Invisible Man story. And I keep saying he did it in a smart way, but he also channeled back to the past. It's a very old school horror thriller. It falls more in line with the thriller aspect. There's not a whole lot of horror moments. There's a couple jump scares. Thankfully, the film doesn't rely on that heavily, but the actual heart of the movie is they he just tries to build suspense, and it's just done in a very old school feeling way it's almost the way his buddy James Wan did in The Conjuring I guess The Conjuring 1 and 2 to a lesser extent it really knows how to draw out a shot and then increase that tension throughout the entire thing the fact that it did have that old school just tension type of feel throughout the entire movie I greatly appreciated it's something that we don't see a lot in modern horror or modern thrillers. However, when it's done and it's done right, it's definitely satisfying. No, he's not the first modern director to actually rely on the tension aspect. However, with him doing it here, it was all done in the best way possible. Another big plus working in, in this one's favor is the fact that the special effects are almost non-existent. They're used smartly. Yes, it's computer animated, but it's used uh, very tastefully, if that's uh, the proper word for it. I'm, I'm going to say that it's very tastefully done because of the fact that we're not getting a whole lot of CGI thrown at us throughout the entire movie. Instead, he relies a lot on shadows and camera tricks. And that's another thing that, again, it works in the movie's favor. I get the feeling that this one here with it being a Blumhouse production, was somewhat low budget. I didn't look up the actual budget of this movie, but we all know that Jason Blum, he likes to just throw anywhere from five to 10 million at a movie and see if it sticks. And in this case, it worked out perfect. So as much good as what this movie has, the bad thing is, is that this is definitely a product of the post-Me Too era. I mean, I guess we're still living in it. But this is very much a Me Too era type of film. So we have a story that actually is about a 
I'm assuming abused housewife. Uh, I don't even think that she's married to the guy. However, they're living together and he's rich and I'm assuming that he abuses her. Maybe not physically, but maybe mentally or something like that. We're never quite clued into why she wants to leave. I think it's disappointing that we never got, I guess, enough information to show of why she has this PTSD even of why she's scared to leave the house. I, uh, I really wish that they would have shown more or even just said about it maybe in the dialogue to try to increase the... I guess emotional weight that she's going through and why she wants to leave so desperately. Because if you look at it, the guy has all kinds of money and I think he could make her every dream come true. However, do you really want to stay with somebody that's abusive just for having a good life when you're not actually having a good life? So you have the character of Adrian who is supposed to be abusive, but you also have another male character in the movie when she's trying to apply for a job, he's making all kinds of snide comments and it seems like the movie definitely had the Me Too type of agenda. It's not too distracting, but it's definitely there. So if that's something that would bug you or if you can choose to ignore, it may actually go and either increase or decrease your enjoyment with the overall movie. I actually enjoyed it. It's a movie that I don't think I'll revisit too much, but it was fun for what was there initially. Hopefully Universal doesn't get any crazy ideas that this needs to be linked up with uh, the movie that Paul Feig has in the works of whatever it's called. I forget what it is. And then also Elizabeth Banks, The Invisible Woman. I'm hoping that it's not going to follow this one and that we actually get our so-called dark universe. I think it was a bad idea on Universal's part to, as Marvin from Buddy Talks and In Our Honest Opinion would state, we're putting the cart before the horse. Universal thought that this whole shared universe thing was a great idea, and I think we need to focus on making good movies first, and then maybe we can think about a shared universe. But with that being said, hopefully everybody out there is doing great. I really hope that this coronavirus thing uh, goes away faster in three months than what I've been hearing uh, on the TV. But if you did get it or if you didn't get it, hopefully everything's good for you. And I'm going to close out this episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, you can check out some past episodes at adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing, that's fine. You can shoot me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have a free moment, please give me a review at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to keep doing this for you guys and also help me get some recognition. But also, you know that I love those digital hugs. But with that said, good night.